Hello, sister. Hello, sister. Welcome back to A Blade I Think of Rosewood. I'm Haley. And I'm Morgan. This week, we are talking about the legend that is Alison De Laurentiis. This is, yeah, <laughs> this is Alison De Laurentiis' Eras Tour. <laughs> We're breaking this down into what we have identified as Alison De Laurentiis' eras, because she goes through quite an arc. So, and to be, to go back to the title of this episode, The Rise and Fall of Alison De Laurentiis, she is like an empire that yes. starts off menacing and iconic yeah and i think we can all agree loses some of that sparkle yeah. by the end of the series yeah. so we're gonna walk through her whole rise and fall her journey her eras yes just like the roman empire <laughs> so we've broken it down into five eras i think so i think yes. it's five uh just like how the Jonas Brothers in their version of the era tour did five albums in one night. Yes. Uh, I saw someone say, oh, they're mansplaining the era's tour. <laughs> I was like, yeah. But it was also so good. Yes. <laughs> it was so fun. Um, so we've got flashback Allie. So this is Allie prior to her disappearance. Uh, I, I would, in my opinion, say her most iconic era. Absolutely. I mean... She's, it's also her cruelest era. Yeah, but that's what Alison but, De Laurentiis is about. Yeah. That, which Taylor Swift era do you think aligns with... Oh, this is actually a great question. Her, with Flashback Alley. You want to say reputation, but like, I don't really think that's it. Yeah. I, I think, I think you, people might say reputation just think, because it's so... I think it's 1989. Ooh. I think because 1989 has such an it girl energy it's oh like my the god pod princess absolutely yes flashback alley is, is 1989 yeah. well we're gonna do this for each of the eras yes so her first era all alley and flashbacks that we see yes um it's her 1989 era which that is spot on i was really struggling to figure out what it was but yeah. i think yes yeah. 1989 is taylor's it girl era yeah that, that is, is Allie's it girl era. Allie is the it girl. Which, like, okay, I, speaking of one of the flash, I'm just going to jump right into, like, a thought that it. I had recently. Speaking of some of the flashbacks, when all of the girls go to the frat party and they have the fake IDs, and just thinking about, like, I want, to, I want us all to imagine for a second that we went to high school with these girls. They are those girls. They are the it girls. These are the girls that their freshman year in high school have got fake IDs and are going to frat parties in the neighboring town. Like, I don't understand it. And maybe I was just so I, far from those it girls. Like, I know. I, I don't even, how do, how does somebody get a fake ID? I, I don't know. And I want so badly to just hear the gossip about these girls at the school. I want to understand what their reputation is amongst their peers. I would love to exist in the sidelines of Pretty Little Liars. Absolutely. Just like watching this all unfold as yeah. you're like going to math class. Yeah. I want it so bad. I wish high school were that interesting. Like, yeah. 
like and not even just once all the murder stuff starts i also want to understand like what their reputation was at this school as freshmen Mm -hmm. they were yeah because like they really she was an it girl but she was again a freshman she was a freshman but seemed to be running this school and this town and this town she was blackmailing all the dads everyone's dad was being blackmailed by this girl yes everyone knew this girl's name what an icon (laughs) again terrible person Oh, what an icon. Absolutely awful. A terrible friend. Guys, but like, if you don't, if you don't find joy in how awful Alison De Laurentiis is in the flashbacks, I don't think that this podcast is for you. And I also don't know how you're watching this show. I don't know if the show is for you, to be honest. I don't know what you're getting out of it, if that's not the type of thing you can enjoy. (laughs) So, yeah, like, what is her, I wish I... It's been so long yeah. since I've taken a history class. Yeah. I don't have enough yeah. I think references for historical yeah. stuff. I think the thing, I think the thing, like, if we're talking empire building here, right? Oh, here we go. If Yeah, go ahead. Here's a, here's a question. Which dictator is she most <laughs> like? <laughs> oh, God. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but if we are talking about her as, you know, the, the Roman Empire, right? Mm-hmm. This is, I think, sort of peak Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Julius Caesar. Whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know. Was that when they had the most land? Whenever the Roman I Empire. I don't know. But like Julius Caesar, he was like so popular. Yeah. And then some, and then, okay. So Julius Caesar was very popular yeah. amongst the people. Yes. But the Senate, the rest of the Senate, um, didn't like that. And that's why they killed him. Yeah. That's my And opinion. I think that. I think that Alison De Laurentiis is Julius Caesar. Yeah. I think that, yeah. So does that make... If I'm wrong about what happened with Julius Caesar, never mention it. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm not, we are not experts on the Roman Empire. No. And did very little research in order to make this metaphor I read work. Julius Caesar in 10th grade. I did too. I even wrote a paper about how Julius Caesar... We even act about Julius Caesar. <laughs> I wrote a paper about the intern intraclass warfare of Julius Caesar. <laughs> so, uh, but linked in the description below, guys. <laughs> if I can find it, no, I will not be linking a paper that I wrote in like tenth grade. No, um, but I, I think that this is we we're not witnessing the full rise no. of the empire, right? Like, of course, there was some empire building happening, right? Like when she selected these girls, right? Like Mm -hmm. that is the growth period of the Roman empire. Mm -hmm. And we are now at sort of the peak of that growth period Mm -hmm. when we're seeing most of these flashbacks. And when the Senate is starting to turn on her. Yeah. Uh, And I think, yeah, I think that this is really like, cause we see, we don't see and then become friends with her at all. Like Mm -hmm. all of the flashbacks, they're already like an established friendship. One thing that I think is so interesting about the flashbacks, and I think just about this show in general, is it really just, it doesn't fall into the trope of almost like deifying this missing girl. I mean, the town kind of does as yeah. they want to do when there's yeah. a teenage girl that's Or I would say maybe like dead. the media does. But I, I feel, yeah, but I feel like the girls themselves don't really fall into this. I mean, they do to an extent, but I think they generally, I think the girls are written in a way and the show is written in a way that kind of holds space for both. Oh, it's really sad that this girl is, this 14 year old girl went missing, mm-hmm. probably dead. But then also like this girl 
inflicted a lot of pain and trauma and like hurt a lot of people and wasn't a good person. Yeah. And I feel like so often in media and, you know, in real life, we don't kind of hold space for both of those yeah. character that this, this elements. This death can be both a tragedy and the person who died can be not a good person. Mm-hmm. But espe- and especially because she was not a good person but was also a child. Exactly. Which I yes. think which I think helps you to be able to hold both of those things. And like yeah, I I I love that not only is Allison not a good person, but none of the liars are necessarily good people. Like mm-hmm. they definitely or like they they do genuinely bad things. Mm-hmm. Like blinding Jenna and letting someone else like go to jail for it basically. Yeah. Like Let's talk about that, actually. Yeah. Let's talk about some of, like, I think obviously Blinding Jenna is, like, one of her big flashback Mm -hmm. greatest hits, right? Um, It's bad blood. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, Have we talked about that? Have we talked about that night and, like, how, obviously it's not that that night, but the night that they blind Jenna and kind of the dynamics between them and yeah I mean I think with with that you can really see it is one of the moments where you see cracks I think in Allie's mask yeah she is and you can see I I I find that I find that that whole sequence of events really interesting because that you can really see I think the performance of Allie more clearly than any other time, mm-hmm. which then I think when you keep that perspective and you watch other scenes of Allie and you think of her as this like 14 year old girl who's grasping so hard at like being in control, knowing what's up, being in a way like very adult. It's kind of Aria of her, mm-hmm. right? Like, and doing all of this as a performance for these girls to convince them that she is worthy of being followed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So Allison has a lot of iconic lines and we're going to talk about some of her iconic lines in each era, but like most of them only have one or two, except for flashback era. Flashback era is, is just so iconic. So what, here's what we're going to do. Some of these, I might just say them cause they're really obvious, but I'm going to quit Haley. I'm going to quiz you. Okay. I want you to tell me who she's talking to. Mm-hmm. So if you have any context you want to give, you can also give that, but mostly just like okay. mm-hmm. identify like who she's talking yeah. to. And then we can like discuss the context afterwards yes, as well. Of course. So one, probably one of her most well-known lines here. It's immortality, my darlings. Classic. I mean, that's said to the group. Yes. That is, like, when um, she, they're at the lake. Yeah. And I can't even remember really. And Noel Khan what... is talking to Prudence Finn, who ha- has supposedly had a boob, had a boob job. job. Uh, I, how did I remember Prudence Finn? <laughs> I remember that name. Prudence Finn is, we need to add Prudence Finn to our character roulette. <laughs> yes, we do. Okay. Yeah, Prudence Finn got a boob, jo- boob job, and Noel Khan's talking to her. And then the, and the girls are just kind of, like, talking about that. And somebody says something about, like, there's so, some some reference to like dying young mm-hmm. is made, and the cut the chokehold that that song had <laughs> on all of us. I I would estimate that there is probably 
conservatively 13 million YouTube video edits <laughs> of Pretty Little Liars to that song. <laughs> the timing yeah. of that was just... And of course, we're talking nice. about If I Die Young by the band Perry. Yes. And... Uh, and of course then Allie's response to that, cause they're like, oh, that's like, it's so sad or like tragic. And she was like, it's, it's immortality, my darlings. And I think what's so great about that line and like, it's just like, it is Alison de la It is Alison Like it's her it story. It also gives this very mysterious sense of omniscience to her. Mm -hmm. Like she knows. That she knows that she's headed for an early death. Yeah. Crazy. Which, when you're doing the things that Allison De Laurentiis is doing, you should have a sense of that. Yeah, there are so many adult men that want this girl dead, and adult men are the most likely to kill teenage girls. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, another thing about that is I kind of love. There's a tension between Allison and Spencer in that scene. If yeah. I recall correctly, I don't even remember in most scenes and most <laughs> scenes in the flashbacks. But I think like I love not all of them. There are some I feel like moments in the flashbacks where Spencer is, and Allie are having a moment, and you can kind of understand what Spencer is doing here, right? Like you understand why she's there. But I I think Spencer's character um, is kind of the one who, over the course of the flashbacks and of their friendship, kind of becomes the most disillusioned with Allie as like a leader, mm -hmm. as a friend, as a good person. Yeah. And I think that a lot of that is that you get the impression that Spencer and Allison were friends before the others and that they maybe had something that oh, resembled yeah. more of a true friendship. Mm -hmm. And then it became this like cult of Allie. Mm -hmm. And that I think is why Spencer is the most disillusioned with it and has the most like conflict and all. And of course their personalities as part of that yeah. as well. But I think the fact that she had what was more of a genuine friendship with Allie and had been living next to her for years, I think is, is the reason for that. No, that's a really good point that I, I don't know that I've ever really thought of is like, yeah, it would make sense that Spencer was first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So, okay, next line. Next line. This one, I mean, they say this a bunch of times, but yeah. we have to, like, mention this one. Friends share secrets. That's what keeps us close. Yeah. Let's talk about that line, actually. Yeah. And, like, because, yeah, they say, obviously, like, that's when Allison, she says that to the group when they're... Right before she, uh, right goes, before she missing. goes missing. Again, the, the ways in which this girl foreshadows her own death. Incredible. Yeah. Iconic. Yeah. She's like, if, um, I, if I'm going to die, I'm going to make sure that no one ever stops thinking about it. Yeah. But, like, let's look at that line as, like, a theme of the whole show. Like, what do you think that it, the show is saying about that, you know? Like, do yeah. secrets keep you close? I think it's interesting because in some ways it seems like the show is trying to say, like, no, right? Like, the mm -hmm. se secrets are kind of what gets Allie killed. I'm doing air quotes here. Whenever we talk about Allie being dead, we're, we're talking like from the perspective of the people in the show at that time. Right. Um, like that's what leads to her dying. That's what like, it creates all of these problems and also is how she like controlled them. So I think like we're supposed to feel like it wasn't friendship, right? It was like control. But then the, the secrets, secrets do keep, keep them lives close. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's where I'm important about it, because it's like, and I, I, I wonder if maybe it's like a matter of intention, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because for Allie, it yeah. was the secrets that keep 
us close are Allie's using their secrets to mm-hmm. blackmail them, essentially, right? Well, and they didn't know any of Allie's secrets. And I right. think that's what it's telling us, right? Is it's, right. It's the, it's the lack of reciprocation in the sharing mm-hmm. of secrets that is what was wrong with that relationship with Allison. Yes. Versus totally. them where they share pretty much all of their secrets. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, think that's, I think that's what it's saying. Is yeah. that like secrets do keep you close with your friends, but it has to be like a two way street. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Next, next one. So somebody says to Allison, it was just an accident. Allison says, is that what the doctors told your mom and dad at the hospital? <laughs> That's to Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lucas bumps into Allie, spills something on her and yeah. says, and she gets like really mad. He's like, it was just an accident. Like, I'm sorry. And then Allie says, is that what the doctors told your mom and dad at the hospital? Allie is so mean to she's Lucas. so mean to I mean, Lucas. obviously she's mean to everyone. Yeah. So mean to Lucas. Um, yeah, and I just... Poor Lucas. Which, I, for anybody I mean, Lucas that doesn't remember... kind of sucks, but, like, yeah. also, poor Lucas. Yeah, for anyone that doesn't remember, his nickname is Hermie, implying yeah. that he is both male and female, is yes. the suggestion, because he's a scrawny 14-year-old boy. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Not the first of offensive nicknames that Allie gives people. No. And both some offensive, some just wildly uncreative. Yes. Uh, she, Loser Mona. Loser Mona. Gay Rons. <laughs> Do we, can we, let's run through some nicknames. What other yeah. nicknames were there? Um, oh, obviously Hefty Hannah. Hefty Hannah. That when Mona puts together her army, there's like... She, they, they. There's pigskin. 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 Pigskin is creative and cruel. Yeah. <laughs> that and Paige and has the is, worst nickname. This is actually something that, like, I think we tend to like. The fandom doesn't like Paige. Yeah. And I don't love Paige. Yeah. But like, I also, I don't know. I saw a TikTok the other day of somebody like really just kind of laughing at pigskin. Yeah, like well, I've heard people I'm call just, Paige pigskin in comments. That and is absolutely bonkers to me. Like, obviously, these are not real people. These are yeah. characters. It's a joke, but like, but it's I, such a mean. It's such name. a mean thing. It's a thing that people actually have. Yeah, like that kind of like what is it called again on your arms? The I don't know. I don't know. It starts with a K. Whatever. Yeah, but like those, like where you kind of just have like bumpy skin. Yeah. Like, that's what she was referring to. Oh, Haley. What's she referring to? You don't remember? Oh, Haley, I, this nickname is so much worse than you think it is. So what she, what Allie tells us is that she has sort of, like, bumps more in her, like, genital area from masturbating too much. Oh, I forgot about that element yeah. of it. But no, she does Which talk is... about, she does mention, like, this, the... But it's not on her arms. I don't know if it's on her arms, but, like, she does mention kind of, like, those, like, small little bumps that you get of just, like... Yeah, but she's talking about it more, like, I think probably, like, her bikini line. Because they were on... The pigskin that she's referring to is her, like, bikini bikini line line area, I Mm, think. I forgot about that. Because they were on, like, a sports team together or in gym together or something. She does mention bumps on her arms at some point. I'm, like, 90% sure about that. I don't remember that. Like, she's got those bumps on her arms. And then I think yeah. they also mentioned, I, th- I do remember the, like, bikini area bumps and stuff mm-hmm. as well, but I do think she mentions bumps on her arms. Yeah. Yeah, potentially, um, yeah. But anyways, really, no, it's awful. Really, and I, I really think the thing, cool 
Yeah, and I think the thing that, like, kind of, and obviously, again, these are not real characters, these are not real people, they're characters yeah. and they're fictional, like, whatever. So I don't feel bad for Paige the idea that or is Paige whatever. The yeah. Exactly. I feel bad, like, I mean, and obviously this is the way with all of her nicknames, but I don't like the way in which the fandom has really taken on pigskin as, yeah. like, an insult for her. Yeah. In a way a that gross. I feel like they don't do for the other yeah. nicknames. Like, we don't really ever see people, like, no, yeah, gleefully calling Hannah Hefty Hannah. Yeah. Right? And I think, like, the, the fact of it that, like, makes me feel so uncomfortable is it's like, well, like, there are definitely people who have those bumps or whatever or who have, you know, been called pigskin or whatever, you know? Like, there's something with their skin or whatever that would... Like, that would be, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd feel very nice. No. People using that so gleefully for Paige. Yeah. And again, I don't, I'm not, I don't love Paige. I don't hate Paige. Like, yeah. Paige is Paige. She's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, I always feel so uncomfortable yeah. when, I, when I saw and that TikTok. I think, I, was it's like, the, I think it's the really hardcore Emerson shippers, honestly, uh, that, that really take that nickname <laughs> up. Um, and it's crazy. Yeah. Emerson shippers make no sense to me. No. Not in the year 2023. No. Uh, yeah. So that, the, those are, those are some of the nicknames. There's some other ones I know that we hear yeah. when, when Mona's forming her like army or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gay rounds are what they're, fa- what's, what are their names? They're twins. First of all. Cindy and Mindy. Cindy and Mindy. It's weird to call them gay rounds. I don't understand even what we're saying. They're there. gay morons. Oh, right. But yeah. they're, it's weird. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next quote. You need to be careful what you're good at, hun, because you'll spend the rest of your life doing it. Actual good advice, honestly, from Allison there. To Wait, I can't think of who she's saying. You can't that pick two. You need to say it again. She Okay. You need to be careful of what you're good at, hun, because you'll spend the rest of your life doing it. She says this to somebody Is in reference Hannah? to like one of their relationships. Oh. I got nothing. She says it to Emily. Oh. When Emily is talking about Ben. And I can't remember the exact conversation, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, A moment of kind of some genuine good advice from Emily there. Uh, And I think kind of what my impression, I think, of what she's telling Emily there is like basically being a people pleaser. Mm hmm. Like, is what she needs to put. Which is honestly something Emily, Emily really should have does. taken that to heart. <laughs> yeah, she needs to work on that. Um, the bolder the move, the less anyone questions it. I mean, I feel like this is. Oh, this, this is, is when they're at the party. Move. This is yeah. when they're at the party, the frat party where Noel Khan may or may not have pushed someone down the stairs. Or Ian did? Or, or Ian Cece did. did. Or Cece did. Or at one point, maybe Allie did. Allie did? Somebody pushed the somebody down the stairs. The who pushed this sorority girl down the stairs yeah. will haunt me until the day I die. Yes. And then Allie, they're like trying to, and this is a frat party they've snuck into with fake IDs. Yeah. They are freshmen in high school. And also, sorry, we went to a religious school for college where there weren't frat parties. Do frat parties check IDs? They Allison hands them their IDs in front of the man that checks their ID. I just feel like, I listen... Again, we went to a religious school where there were no frat parties. Yeah. Um, I just don't think frat parties, from my understanding of them, are checking IDs. Let us know. Yeah. Um, But anyway, so 
this is after the girl's been pushed down the stairs by someone. Um, and Allie decides that the best way for them, a bunch of 14 year olds at a college frat party to get home is to like have the cops drive them home. Yeah. And like tell them "Mm, we've been drinking too much. Like, can we get a ride? Yeah. That's yeah. So bold. It's so, it is the boldest move and evidently really works out for her. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) this one, this one is just like cruel and you'll immediately know a kiss is a kiss. I like boys. Trust me. If I'm kissing you, it's because it's practice for the real thing. Poor Emily. Poor Emily. Okay. The best part of the perfectionist is the fact that Emily has like broken up with Allison. Yeah. I'm so happy that Emily like gets over that. Yeah. Like I get the relapse, whatever. We had the thing with the babies. I get it. Yeah. So glad that they don't end up together. Canonically, mm-hmm. so glad. Yeah. That they get divorced, I guess. Yeah. Love that. Because, uh, again, because Allie is absolutely evil to Emily. Yeah. And I think, like, the obviously, like, The Allison... of being rejected in that way. Yeah. It just cannot, ha- cannot result in a healthy relationship. Right. With that as the foundational context. And obviously, like, I think we're supposed to believe, and unfortunately, Allie does become a better person. And, but, and this has nothing but, to do with the person but she exactly, becomes. it's it's who she was to Emily yeah. that I think it makes me so happy that, like, they don't end up together. Yeah. Because, uh, sorry, Emma. Because shippers. people can change, right? And, like, your high school bully might become, like, a really good person, but that doesn't mean that you could ever have a healthy relationship with them. Yeah. Because... We're talking about you, a very, like, foundational, like, formative experience with her, like, sexuality. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that they they can have a healthy dynamic, no matter how good of a person Allie might become. Mm-hmm. Anyways. And I love that they kind of explained that that's why they basically, like, yeah, that Emily, Emily just couldn't, couldn't move past it. And I'm like, yeah. good. Yeah, and that's, that's fine and valid. Yeah. And unfortunately... Even when you're a child, your actions have consequences mm-hmm. and potentially very far-reaching consequences. Uh, another one, were you wishing you could taste her cherry chapstick? Again, one to Emily. <laughs> yes. Um, I can't remember exactly what it's in reference to. Al, you know, Allie probably caught Emily I mean, it's looking obviously at about like No, it's obviously like Katy Perry. Oh, that's right. They were talking about I the Katy Perry song. Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, I mean, on that, I don't know if this is one that you have, but on that same kind of uh, thread, the night that she disappears, they're listening. Like, yeah. Emily says, like, oh, have you seen the new Beyonce? Yeah. I'm loving I'm her new I'm loving video. her new video. Maybe, Maybe a bit too, too much, much Em. <laughs> yeah. Um, In okay. front of all of their friends. Anyways. Yeah. And then, okay, someone says to Allison, why do you even bother coming to church? Allie says. Like, Sorry. I'm- sorry. Allison at that point knows that Emily is like some level of queer. Oh yeah, they've kissed. She's, and she's she basically she's it, like yeah. outing Emily to all of their friends. Mm-hmm. Awful. Yeah. Anyways, and, it's, and somehow none of them picked up on that. Yeah. Uh, so somebody says to Allie, "Why do you even bother coming to church?" Allie says, "I like to cover my bets," which is a hilarious thing for a fourteen-year-old to say about coming to church. Just <laughs> <laughs> why yeah. I put it on here. Yeah. I mean, does she say that to Mona? No. no. Oh, she said the, it to Spencer. Yes. Because Spencer is at church? Spencer goes to church with her, yeah. 
this doesn't really make sense. I think to when me, they were younger, maybe they went to church yeah. sometimes. With but their no, families. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Like, oh, I like to. Yeah. And then eventually, their families stopped making their demon spawn go to church. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, this isn't helping these girls. Uh, yeah, it's hilarious response as a fourteen-year-old. So, like, yeah. oh, why do you go to church? I like to cover my bets. <laughs> uh, I only kill when we need food or when I'm bored. That sounds like a quote from Twilight. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, this is something that 14, 15 year old Alison De Laurentiis said. I only kill when we need food or when I'm bored. I don't have any memory of this. Oh, it's one of my favorite quotes, honestly. Uh, this, she says it to the group, to the, to the liars, uh-huh. in reference to the fact that they're at a party and Noel and his girlfriend, I guess maybe Prudence Finn, break up. Oh. There's like, they have a fight, and then Noel turns to Allie and he's like, Are you happy now? And they're like, What did you do? And she was like, Well, we like, Aria's still into him. So, like, she basically, Allie was freeing Noel up for Aria. And they were all like, What did you do, Allie? Like, they're all like shocked by this. And she's like, I only kill when we need food or when I'm bored. <laughs> That's legendary. I Such love a that. legend. Uh, That's a crazy way to talk about, like, other people's like lives <laughs> yeah 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 wow uh and then just a shout out to one of your favorite lines when spencer mm. is questioning Allie about hilton head when she's supposedly just coming back from georgia and Allie's like it's still the south spence why so many questions i just Iconic. love the way she says that i yeah. love the content of that yeah like that's a crazy way to <laughs> it's still the south spence like so many questions. Again, if there's anybody who's not aware, Hilton Head is in South Carolina. Like off the it's an island. Yeah. Off the coast of South Carolina. Yeah. And Allie's grandmother lives in Atlanta, Georgia, which is like in the middle of Georgia. Yeah. It's it's that. crazy. It's, just, it's, okay, it's, it's and the this that crossing state lines is, is such like a minor thing for this child. <laughs> uh okay. Watch him, ladies. He's got trouble with doorknobs. <laughs> my question to you mostly is who is she talking about here watch him ladies he's got trouble with doorknobs watch him ladies i mean my instinct is to say lucas but i don't know the context i don't know what that means it's it's a weird it's a weird detail she's saying it about jason okay jason the, the girls are out front of Allie's house jason comes out angry about something uh-huh they're having a sibling spat he stalks off and as he's about to go and go back inside the house she gets the final word by saying watch him ladies he's got trouble with doorknobs i don't understand Basically, what that he's means. so dumb he doesn't know how to open a door oh yeah oh i see what you're saying you're, she's telling them watch him. him he's got trouble with doorknobs got it I thought she was like saying like watch him like as a warning, and I was yeah. like, what is the doorknob? No, no, no. Doing? Watch him like this will be funny. Yeah, he can't open wow. a door. Wow. And Jason just... should have killed her. <laughs> yeah. Imagine being so eviscerated by your by your little sister who's like yeah. years younger than you. Yeah, like, no, that's I crazy. Think, I think we're closer in age than they yeah. are. Yeah. It would it would be almost like if our our next youngest brother uh-huh. was who's like six years younger than me if he was hanging out with his friends and we argued and I walked away and he said that and never recover. I would never recover. Yeah, she 
is such an icon. I we've said that so many times. Flashback <laughs> Alley though, I can't get like, and I think like Sasha just plays her so well, so well. And I I don't I, it's it's so good. I don't know whatever was happening there was magic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and is I think I think there's a lot of reasons why Pretty Little Liars was so successful. And, you know, why it gets, it got picked up for a second season, because, you know, a lot of things don't. And I think that her as Allison and that character was a big part of mm-hmm. it. Because it's just, it, it. there's something so fun about how evil she is. And it's just, is. like, one of the best high school bullies I think yes. I've ever seen on TV. Because, and, and it's so good because while she is almost, almost comically evil Mm -hmm. she is also like very grounded and there are those times where you see this vulnerability Mm -hmm. like i'm thinking later on in the show we get a flashback of Allie where she is uh she comes comes upon like uh veronica in the yard like repair after like spencer is like you know cut up i guess a bunch of melissa's clothes in her like drug era uh anyways and like you can see that Allie is like you there's like a vulnerability there and then she like kind of puts this mask on in front of Veronica or like there's one time when Allie kind of bursts into I think it's like Spencer and Hannah maybe having this or maybe it's Spencer and Ari I can't remember having sleepover at Spencer's house uh and Allie like bursts in and is like I'm sleeping here tonight yeah. And they're like, what? What's happening? And it's just like, and she's talking about like, oh, Jason just has a bunch of his friends and like, she's the only girl in his house. And you see this, like, there, there's also like a slight implication that maybe something happened or like, who yeah. knows? Like, like I, there's like a, there's like a, cause you like imagine like guys. being a 14 year old girl yeah. and you're like brother and his like skeezy creepy older like, male friends yeah, 18 are like getting whatever. drunk and high at your house. While your like, parents are gone. You, you can understand like, Oh yeah, a fourteen-year-old girl would be uncomfortable. Yeah, and like, but she tries to really put scared, this... but she doesn't want to show that. Yeah, obviously. she puts this mask on for them and mm-hmm. acts like it's no big deal. And like the girls, I think, are trying to get her to like be. But they're like, they're like, were you the only girl there? Like, what well, you know? Yeah. And she just kind of really shuts it down. But like, and then when she like turns away from them, you can really see mm-hmm. the mask slip that mm-hmm. like she was really uncomfortable and like. And yeah. there's just like a few moments like that sprinkled throughout the show that I think mm-hmm. are so good because they show even this sort of like evil, like uh, otherworldly evil version of is Allie like a fourteen year old girl is still like a fourteen year old girl. Yeah, it's good, and it's so good. Um, Any other quotes? And that's all the quotes I have for oh, the flashback. Okay. I mean, there's definitely some we're not including here, but oh yeah, I mean every yeah. every line out of yeah. Allie's mouth in the flashback yeah. flashbacks yeah. are. And Connick. I want to talk about uh, this. This spans, I think, eras a little bit here, but pre buried alive Allison was such a fighter. Mm-hmm. Like, fight, like, she would fight at the drop of a hat, right? Like, she's her first port of call is blackmailing dads and threatening people. And she she's fighting so much, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think we see. After being buried alive, she very much shifts to more of a flight mindset. Mm-hmm. And she has a point where she wants to run away, like at the drop of a hat, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's such an interesting change. Like, I guess being buried alive by it her It does mother change you. Just really changes a person for some <laughs> reason. <laughs> Can't imagine why. Uh, 
Anything else flashback era we want to cover before we move on? Yeah. So her blackmailing Arya. Okay. So she blackmails Arya to get, I've always found it wild the way that in the first secret, Allie blackmails Arya with her dad's affair that they've just discovered in order to make Arya come to the Halloween party, which seems like a crazy, like disproportionate blackmail for what she's trying to get her to do. Mm -hmm. And that's always been wild to me. And then I realized, I realized recently what it is exactly that she's doing is that she has start she's just started getting these a messages and her plan for the night is to have noel pretend to attack her and mm, see if her yeah. friends save her like the, the whole night is building up to like having this like test, test of loyalty yeah to yeah. see if they're a and that's why she's like i need aria to be there yeah yeah and like that makes so no, much more so sense true. to me now but it's also still so wild <laughs> she yeah. blackmails aria with that and I also just want to talk, since we're talking about the first sort of instances we get of Allie, I want to talk about Allie inventing the A game. Mm. Oh, God. We've, we're going to spend, I feel like we might spend a while on this. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the flashback yeah. era is going to be the longest era yeah. to talk about. Uh, so this, so basically like our kind of, you know, what uh, one thing we've said like a theory we've developed is that basically like Allie is the first a yeah which is way, somewhat explicit in the show yeah but yeah. but the way that she uses like intimidates like she's intimidating people to their face like mm-hmm. not hiding behind any mask or yeah. like anonymous text message yeah. except for when she pretends to write a letter from emily to Paige. right um and like and i think though like there's so many things that she does like that, like that letter or like the way that she forces Aria to go to the Halloween party or any number of things yeah. like the, you know, is so a behavior. Yeah. And then like Mona obviously like picks up um, this game. Yeah. Basically. Well, I think Mona recognizes those tactics and I think sees doing it anonymously is the only way to sort of slay the dragon. Exactly. Right. And like, I mean, of course, to take Allie's, she's in an adrenalized hyper reality. Of course. Yes. But like to take Allie's playbook and yeah. apply it to her, but she, but I think Mona knows she can't take Allie on head to head, face to face. Yeah. And so instead she does it anonymously. Yeah. Well, and I do think there was, we, I think we did talk about this maybe in the, the episode about parents of, um, if that's out at this point, but, um, the, where we talk about Jessica De Laurentiis and how she kind of like taught her kids to be a, and that's like, obviously that's something they explicitly say when Charlotte is telling her story at the end of, uh, game over Charles, um, in season six. And they say like, Oh, like Jessica taught her to be a or something like that. Yeah. I think they say that exactly. Um, and, and I think really like the same thing, and and we've I think we we were talking about how that she also taught Jason how to be a and yeah. Allie had they and all that's have Jason started the NAT club yeah and they all have these little bits of like a behavior and it stems yeah. from their absolutely crazy mother yeah because again this is a woman who framed her twin sister with, for murdering a baby uh yeah absolutely okay. wild and like. Uh, I also, like, the scene where, the flashback where Jessica and Allie mm. are out to lunch, and Allie, like, wants 
to wants the girls. She wants to the come girls down to go to Cape yeah. May. She wants to, to go to Cape May without parents with the girls. Yes. Even though she never invites the girls, the plan was never to have the girls there. I think it yeah. was. Which Jessica's like, I kind of suspected that. Yeah. Like, she says something like, based on on the based on all the beer bottles and stuff that were left. I yeah. Guess, I figured Allie was running with an older crowd. Yeah. Um, so so she wants all the girls to like go to their go to Cape May. Um, and Jessica says no, and then like. Allie holds her breath. Yeah. And in a way that, like, we we get the understanding that she's done this before. Yeah. And, and that works. she's basically going to hold her breath until she passes out and it creates a scene at this restaurant, which is such a brilliant manipulation tactic of her mother, specifically, because obviously, like, she cares a lot about appearances. And so, like, Allie is using that against her. Mm-hmm. And Allie has definitely waited until they're out in public to make this request. Yes. And I love when then Jessica, in Jess, and, and you, okay, here's where you can see that Allie is her daughter's, you can see that Allie daughter. is her mother's daughter. Because Jessica then has the brilliant move of intentionally spilling the, the cup of water, uh, like, onto Allie to get her to, like, uh-huh. you know, breathe. And Allie, though, steadfastly, like, she just pushes her chair away and continues mm-hmm. to hold her breath. Like, it's, a, this has uh, happened many times before. The level of skill at play between these I two. could the, not do that. Between this woman and this girl <laughs> is insane. Yeah. And I also love that uh, the, the meal starts with Jessica suggesting that they, like, share a salad. Yeah, and again, almond I just, mom behavior yeah, for sure. You can re- you can just it gives you such a clear picture of what kind of mother Jessica De Laurentiis is. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Yeah. Um, anything else in the flashback era? I think we covered everything that we had. Yeah, I think that 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 pretty much I think covers the flash. Like, there's a million things that could be said. I could probably talk about every flashback of Allie for at least twenty minutes, mm-hmm. but we won't yeah. do that. Uh, it's yeah. so good. So the next era. Yes. Do you want to introduce it? Sure. The next era is Allie on the Run. Yes. So this this is defined as sort of all all of Allie's actions and behavior during the time when she is presumed dead. Right. So presumed dead, missing, and then dead. Yes. So this also includes the time when she. Uh, you know, whenever she makes appearances to the girls that they think mm-hmm. are dreams, um, but are actually really her. And then this also includes once the girls realize she's on the, she's like yeah. actually alive. Uh, so everything sort of, this is, this is anything that we see of Allie that isn't a flashback up until, mm-hmm. uh, escape from New York, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so on her on the run era. Yeah. Is which Taylor Swift era? I, hmm, because I maybe think that this is her reputation era. See, I'm thinking that, but then I also feel like, because I think like what, what makes it her reputation era to me is that like, there is, and we don't get this necessarily Mm -hmm. during this time, but we get this perspective after the fact is like, She's clearly shaken by the fact that, like, somebody who, you know, uh, her mother, yeah. who was supposed to love her, betrayed her, 
-hmm. And she then is kind of dealing with those consequences kind of during this time. And I, I, you know what I mean? Okay. Not, not to, I would, and I don't want to spoil the next era. I would argue that maybe the next era is her reputation era when she returns. See, I'm going to disagree. But here, okay. I, I am going to posit to you that perhaps her on the run is her Midnight's era? Midnight's, okay. Tell me more. I think that Midnight's is kind of... I Okay, so the way that I am conceptualizing Midnight's for this purpose, right, is mm-hmm. I feel like Midnight's, a lot of it is reflection mm-hmm. on different eras, yeah. right? And it's like a reflection, like I'm thinking, you know, like anti-hero. And like, mm-hmm. a ref- there's a sort of like reflection on self and like the whole concept of the album is that it's like mm-hmm. the sort of like thoughts that keep you up at night and I can just imagine Allie on the run being very she's like she's dealing with the consequences of her actions and also like obviously the trauma of being buried alive by her mother and I think that there is probably a lot of like reflection happening and a lot of yeah. like sort of the is sort of insomnia to it mm-hmm. right so that, I can see that. Yeah. I do still. Yeah. Well, we can agree also to disagree. Feel, I also feel reputation there. I know. I, I totally see why you think why because, you feel reputation. Yeah. But I'm reserving reputation. Yeah. So yeah, I just don't feel like the. I don't feel like. We can get to it later. Yeah. We'll get to it later. Um, In okay. terms of her as an empire, her as the Roman Empire. Yeah. <laughs> to to hold both these metaphors, I this is we're not in the decline of the empire at this point. I think not some people, all. you might think, right? Cause she's, she's missing, but she's oh, still the working. Legend, this... The legend of Allie is alive and well. Yeah. And she is still doing a lot. She's still so busy. She's so she busy. She's flying planes. She's yeah. meeting up with people. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, but one thing I do, one of my things that I have to mention here is looking at Allie during this time where this is a 14, I guess like 15, 16 year old girl now Mm -hmm. who's on the run in hiding. She never leaves the general vicinity of where she is a missing slash dead person. Yeah. And yet never changes her appearance. She, and and is also somehow maintaining a full head of perfect highlights and beach waves. Oh yeah. And like, she's like, and has has an extensive wardrobe, extensive wardrobe, traipsing around in, in Rosewood in the middle of the day in like, uh, you know, wedged heels to yeah. like go visit sick Aria or Aria who's being drugged. Like yeah. she is all over the place. She is doing a terrible job of hiding, but somehow nobody has seen yeah. her. The extent of her like disguise is like wearing a very noticeable coat and yes, putting the hood red up. coat and, and the hood up. doesn't even like cover the face. Like no. it, it working as a disguise is really contingent on someone seeing you from behind. Yes. Like, and what's so funny about that to me, too, is, like, you would think it would make sense for her to lean into the Vivian Darkborn. Yeah. Like, why? No, she maintains her perfect blonde highlighted hair. Yeah. Long, perfect waves. I just, like, where is she? Where Where is is she she getting getting ready every day? Where is she getting ready every day? Where is she getting her hair done? Yeah. Like, who who is the hairstylist who's touching up her highlights every, you know, three months? Yeah. Like, to some extent, I would almost, like, I, I, I'm picturing sort of, like, the Pretty Little Liars where Allie 
looks more like a girl on the run mm-hmm. where she's like a little it's disheveled. Good. She's made, she's like chopped her hair off to shoulder length, dyed it brown or black or something. Yeah. I I would be interested to see that. Yeah. No, but I exactly. also love the way that she also maintains yes. her exact well, look. Well, but I think like it's obviously important that she maintains her exact look because if she did change her look and we have her coming back to visit the girls, yeah. it wouldn't make sense. It would because yeah. like oh unless she's putting a wig on. Exactly, exactly. That would be interesting. Which, she's carrying around a wig of her own hair. Like, yes. Yes. Yeah. It, this she is doing so much. Like I do love Allie on the run. Like I would love a spinoff that is Allie on the run mm-hmm. because I'm just so interested but in like, honestly, what she's getting up to. I and, like, don't the... want it anymore because it no. could only be done by Sasha. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and she's too old now probably to like play that younger version of yeah. herself, or at least we're getting to a point where she probably would be mm-hmm. like, she might, she could maybe still pull it off now. Um, but I think like, and also to some extent I love, I love not knowing. I love the mystery of like what the hell she got up to mm-hmm. and like the little bits and pieces we get of like yeah. Cyrus Petrillo and also where, you know, she's running around flying planes, wearing a mask of her own face mm-hmm. and pulling people out of burning buildings. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. And, and I also want to talk about, let's talk a bit about her, like her visiting each of the girls mm-hmm. and the order in which that happens. Yeah. Do you have that order? Cause I don't know if I, 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 I don't have it, it written but... down, but I think I do know it. Okay. So the first person that she visits is Hannah. Yes. After the, after the car. Yes. I almost said accident. It was not an accident. Mona yes. hit her with the car intentionally yes. after she gets hit by the car. I, hopefully, hopefully this like thunder Thunderstorm. in the background doesn't get picked up by the mic, but <laughs> if not ambiance, I guess. <laughs> does, it does, it, yeah. Yeah. If only this was that night episode. I know. If this was that, if this was the that night episode. Oh, incredible. <laughs> but I think, so it's Hannah. Then it's Emily. At When Emily yes. in season two is the carbon monoxide mm-hmm. with the car. Anyways, when they get caught with the shovels. Then it's Spencer. Then it's Spencer. After Spencer, uh, Spencer cut her hands. How did Spencer cut her hands? She gives, she's given pain meds for her hands. Crazy her mom lets her take those, but not anti-anxiety meds. Anxiety is good for a hasting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, it was it was when they saved Jenna from Jason's oh, burning yes. house. Yes, yes. And Spencer runs back to get the, the bag that was mm-hmm. on the porch, and she, like, there's glass, and she cuts mm-hmm. her hands, and Ren, you know, stitches it up or what cleans it, and then give, they give her pain meds. Mm-hmm. And so then that's when Allie comes and visits her, to like go through the bag that mm-hmm. they found at Maya's. Then the last one to yeah. be visited is Aria, which is so interesting. You would think that the last one would be Spencer, but it's yeah. Aria. Are we, are we sure about that? Yes. Cause Aria isn't drugged until season three. Okay. And the Jenna thing happens in season two. Yeah. Oh no, no, it hasn't. It happens in season three. Cause Maya dies at the end of season two. It happens in season three, but it happens before are before misery loves company okay okay i'll trust you yeah i'm pretty confident good um it's close it's yeah they're they're but, they happen I, close to one another yeah I think. They, they they're both in close. season three though they're both in season three and but i just think it's interesting that aria is the last one to be visited and again i also think i you know if she were a like i think that that is interesting 
I think the, the thing, this show is so dense. It's it is the so densest dense. show. We have watched this show. Uh, we have seen every episode of this show. I would say minimum eight times. Yeah. Minimum. The, the episodes we've seen the least, we have seen at least eight times. Yeah. And I still. We're in constant rewatch of Constant show. rewatch. And yet, sometimes still, I have trouble. I know. It's it's, impress- it's impressive. It, yeah. Surely the mic picked that up. <laughs> oh, well, well, we're committed. We've we've been recording for so long, we're committed to doing the episode now. So, yeah. the, guys, you just got to deal with the thunder and the ambiance of it. Hopefully, watch it, like, not pick up at all. <laughs> um, we can cut that if yeah. it doesn't. Um, anything, anything else? Oh, um, I want to talk a bit about the response that the girls have to finding out that Allie is alive in Ravenswood. Yeah. Once they, once they have it confirmed for Mm -hmm. them that like Allie is alive, obviously none of them are very happy about it. Mm -hmm. And they all feel very guilty about not being happy about it. And I love that. And the, the emotions are so complicated. And I just love, like, I love the way that, I want to talk about Emily specifically. I think we talked about Emily and this response in the Emily episode. Maybe we did, yeah. Because I remember saying this, because it's so interesting, because one episode we have Emily kind of like really, I think, coming to terms with the way that, now that Emily is more comfortable in her sexuality, she's coming to terms with the way that Allison treated her and is kind of like pulling back and is like, you can kind of sense like a tension there. But then literally the next episode, Emily is like, dolling herself up to go see her at some yeah. warehouse which again i think speaks to how how difficult it is to break out of those that dynamic and those patterns mm-hmm. and why they cannot be in a healthy relationship yeah because while emily has consciously logically and i think emotionally come to the mm-hmm. realization that like ali didn't really love her and that mm-hmm. she treated her terribly and all of this stuff and she's like in love with Paige, mm-hmm. and yet still can't help herself a little bit yeah of, it's an abusive from relationship that validation for, sure. for her um and i just i really enjoy the way that like all i think the girls are also worried about what Allie's return means for their group dynamic mm-hmm. and for this like friendship that they've created amongst between like the four of them yeah and it's also really interesting the way that i think when Allie comes back there is always a sense that like she's ne- she never quite gets to be part of the group Mm -mm. they built they built this friendship and these relationships outside of her and i think that's one of the things that i think makes her character and her future eras i think a little difficult yeah um and why i think it she doesn't quite land the the writers aren't able to quite like figure out yeah how she belongs And and i think that that like it makes sense. It makes sense. And I think that it's actually really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think if we had gone a little harder on that, yeah. this, like, this dynamic, mm-hmm. it would have, it could have been, it could have really worked. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying, okay, <laughs> surely the mic fixed that up. It is, it is now storming. God, I hope that this, it's been so hot in New York. I really, hot and humid. I hope this wipes yes. out the humidity a bit. Yeah. Um, the vibes are getting scary. The vibes are really scary. <laughs> uh, I think so. I think that like, I, I yeah. I, we'll we'll talk more about how because I don't you know I don't completely hate Allie's character through mm-hmm. the sh- through the later seasons or anything, but we'll talk more. I think about 
different ways that they could have gone with that that I think are all like interesting. Mm -hmm. But I think that brings us. We have some iconic lines. Oh yes, some iconic lines. Yes. Uh, so telling the truth to the wrong person at the wrong time is how I ended up where I am. Take it from me, you're always better off with a really good lie. This is, of That's course, such a good one. What she says to Hannah in the hospital. Yeah. And it's so good, so mysterious. Uh, I love that Allie never just says, like, don't trust Mona. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but because, and, and, but I also, like, I think people are like, why doesn't Allie ever tell them this, right? And, like, well, she doesn't tell them that because, let's say she, she just said, don't trust Mona. And then that causes the girls to start digging into Mona. They realize Mona's A. They're now going to be questioning the death. <laughs> They're now going to be questioning, did that, did that come from my own brain? Was that me dreaming about Allie or, or they're going to start to wonder if Allie actually did tell them that, like if Allie, mm -hmm. and then that is, that is sort of giving them the string of the sweater to start pulling on to unravel everything. Yeah. And she's not going to do that because she also doesn't know if she trusts them fully. Mm -hmm. But, and, and again, this is a girl that can't trust her own mother. She's not going to trust anyone. Right. Um, and it, that just Except gives for Shauna. Except for Shauna? Uh, Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, but Dunk. I think it, I think she only trusts people when she has to. True. Then this line, this is also one of the best alley lines, mm -hmm. but this is technically, this is actually a Spencer hallucination. Mm -hmm. uh, where, when, when Spencer's in Radley, she dances with Allie and... Allie says to her, oh, honey, you didn't even know me when you knew me. <laughs> Iconic. I love that. Uh, incredible. Yeah. Incredible. The, the way that she, I wish that I could say something that had one-tenth of the mystery of everything Allie says. I know. Next era? Next era. Okay. Back, but maybe she's A? Yeah. So this is like, let's see, episodes-wise, this is obviously, they're back from New York. Yeah. And they don't, this is like basically she like tells, they don't trust her fully. Right. Well, because they're back from New York and instantly she's pulling them into lies. Yes. Right. She's and saying that she was kidnapped, but like, yeah, that wasn't what they agreed on. And yeah. so this is like what? Season and they kind five, of episode her. one. Yeah. Pretty much season five, episode one, up until the point, I think, up until the point where they definitively know she's not A. And when she's in prison. And she's in prison. Yeah. Because um, there is a bit of time when she's in prison when they still think she's yeah. A. And so that is like, that's the realm we're talking about where, and I think from the writer's room perspective, they also weren't solid on what they were doing with her yet and mm -hmm. whether she was going to be a bad guy or not. And I think it's so interesting and also like pretty iconic. Like she has some great moments with that because I think Sasha Piatirsa really, really thrives when she is being kind of a bitch. Yeah. Like she's really she good plays at it. the bitch so well. Yeah. And yeah, this is really interesting because they start out kind of trusting her. Yeah. And then that trust gets I chipped think, away at. It, yeah, it's it, chipped away Allie at. Allie erodes the, that trust. Yeah, with keep by keeping secrets from them. Yeah. And I think that actually to go back to this idea, like, do keep secrets keep us close? Like, they've now built this, like, dynamic, dynamic where, where they are sharing secrets together. They do keep things from each other and, time, from time to yeah. time, but... Overall, there is a trust between the four, core, the core four, and Allie is back, and she's keeping secrets like she was before. She's falling into old habits. <laughs> Guys, I hope that this I is really hope picked this up. Is being picked up. <laughs> it's crazy. Um. Anyways, 
she's falling into like her old habits of like keeping secrets from the others and um that erodes the trust that they had in her both in her story and in her intentions with like lying about being kidnapped and all of these things and the way she um is basically uh what's what's the word the way she tells the cops that cyrus petrillo was the one who kidnapped her or the fact that to to these girls is an innocent person yeah well and that the the liars are when they're about to go tell the police that this was all like a lie is when they get shown the picture of uh like i think they on like the tv screens in the like yeah in the um in the shop window and it's like you know Allie visiting Hannah in the hospital and like all of this like evidence that they've maybe known the whole time Mm -hmm. and it's like we're in this together right and like I and I actually don't know if we know definitively was that Allie no I don't think it was I don't think it was but like so it it was Charlotte essentially framing Allie Mm -hmm. I mean obviously Charlotte doesn't it's yeah it's in her best interest that yeah the that the liars don't go to the cops. Yeah, and I think, I mean, Charlotte doesn't want them to go to the cops, but also I think Charlotte wants them to think that Allie is A, because that makes Allie vulnerable. Mm-hmm. If Allie doesn't have people protecting her, that makes her vulnerable. Yeah. And it also sets it up for, you know, to frame yeah. up her Mona's murder. And that is, uh, and and the point where they, like, the time when the, when they start to think that Allie is just a full-on sociopath is really it's fun. so fun. It's so fun. It's so fun. Oh, we haven't figured out. We haven't discussed which era this oh, is. Oh, you're right. Okay. This Taylor Swift era. Yeah. I think that this is the reputation era. Because this is, there, there are, this is Allie also kind of, she comes back, she comes and takes back her kingdom. Yeah, but... I guess I can see that, like, and then it all falls down around her again, which, mm-hmm. you know, obviously has not happened to Taylor Swift, but, like, <laughs> that's TS11, everybody. <laughs> yes. You heard it here first. But I think that, like, that Allie, Allie comes back, it, it's, it's not, like, a sudden thing, but there is absolutely, like, Allie coming back with a vengeance, mm-hmm. especially once the girls cut themselves off from her. Yeah, that's what, I think that's what's hard for me, it was, like, I think the first half of this era, this era has a lot feel, of ups and downs. It doesn't really feel like reputation to me. No. Because, again, I do think she is coming back, I think, but trying also, to be a better person, but is falling into old yes. habits. And I don't... But also, coming back and lying about being kidnapped mm-hmm. also instantly gives her all of this sympathy and attention Mm -hmm. that I do think she really thrives in. Mm -hmm. And that I think like, yes, she made this up because of the text about from Mona about burying them in a New York minute. But I also think that Allie wanted to make herself the it girl again. Like I do think that this Mm -hmm. was to some extent a move to garner sympathy and I'm going to say something that yeah. might sound crazy. Folklore. Okay. I mean, obviously there's like the clear connection of like folklore is not fully autobiographical, but like mm-hmm. it is, you know, kind of a collection of stories, right? Yeah. Of folklore. Um, and I, obviously Allie's telling stories. She's, you know, yeah. spinning things. But 
what you were just saying about how she's trying to like get sympathy. She's trying to be like taken seriously. Right. Mm -hmm. And I do think that there is an element of like Taylor Swift's folklore album, mm -hmm. which is iconic, that really changed public perception of her. Yeah. And, and I hope the people that listen to this podcast like Taylor Swift. I assume it's because, a perfect circle. Yeah. <laughs> and that they're not just, because I feel like everyone's like, for you page and everything is all Taylor Swift right now. Maybe so. that's just us. Yeah. But also um, this isn't going to come out for a few weeks. So. Yeah. So. But you, do you see what I'm saying? Like there is an element I, I think saying. of folklore and even Evermore that was like a plea for to be taken seriously, yeah. to be respected. Yeah. Yet I think Allison is also looking for at this moment in time. Okay. But I, I counter with, I want you to think about the, the like winter ball and her descending those stairs and tell me that that's not reputation. No, um, Hmm. Yeah. That's a, and this and this is the thing that I think makes this era difficult. It's difficult to, give to it, define. Because I think that there is a lot more there's a lot more change within this era mm -hmm. than there are the other eras because we go on a bit of a journey. Yeah, we go this. from kind of believing her thinking that yeah. she is trying to be better yeah. to her kind of and falling we, I think into we go from her having, kind of giving her the benefit of the doubt. Uh-huh. Exactly. And uh, to that just kind of falling apart. Yeah, totally. Um so, okay, we also, okay, so we talked a lot about kind of her whole journey over this time and how the liars react. I mean, this is when also, like, Hannah really gets into her, like, black streak mm -hmm. era. Yeah. I want to talk about the the two lines from this. I'm going to, mm -hmm. so the first one is uh, Hannah saying, okay, I'm pretty sure Emily's mom is not one of Mona's secret ninjas. Are we supposed to be suspicious of everyone now? To which Allie mm -hmm. responds, saves time. <laughs> which is great that is great and then there's this other one this is once allison is in prison and they still I, I believe she's in prison at this point or like about to go to prison uh and i think she yeah i think she's in prison and hannah goes to visit her and they still they think that she is a at this point mm -hmm. and that she killed mona i i just love this interaction basically mm -hmm. in which allison says if i was a why would i let this happen to me and hannah says I don't know, but I do know that if you are A, you're counting on that last little shred of me that gives a damn about what happens to you, and you shouldn't. <laughs> so good. Iconic. One of, so one good. of Hannah's most I iconic moments. for Hannah. I yeah. love it. Oh, wait, yeah. We, did we talk about this as the Roman Empire yet? Oh. <laughs> Our second metaphor. <laughs> uh, I think that this is the empire crumbling. This is the beginning of the empire crumbling. Yeah. And it's still, it still has you know, a lot of strength and everything. This isn't, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, the vagabonds sacking Rome yet, mm -hmm. but this is definitely the cracks mm -hmm. are starting to show. I mean, I will say, I think the liar wall that gets Allie arrested is. No. Potentially. But when I, when, what I'm imagining as the fall mm -hmm. is more, her character becoming uninteresting. Mm, fair enough. Not fair so enough. much Allie's, you know, lowest moment. Fair enough. Yeah. Because I think her sense. lowest moment is interesting. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But to me, this is more just like, when does Allie stop being the Allie that we all know and love and hate? Yeah. Like, yeah. Where, and yeah. And it is next. <laughs> it is. It is When next. she is back and she is definitively not A. And she kind of, and, and again, I think we were talking she about this going
made the decision that she is not a and they could always go back on it. I wish they had. Um, but they pretty much, I think at that Starts point, kind of made... Lorenzo. Yeah, they made a choice, right? That she was not going to be A. And she was also on the outs of this, like, core four that we, you know, we were talking about their dynamic and how they've really built this really great, strong friendship and bond and over the, the course of the show. And she's on the outs of that. And she doesn't... She can't take back her place as, like, leader... Not only because the girls wouldn't let her, but also she's trying to be better. And so we're trying to show character growth. And I think it's a really, I, I don't, obviously, like, I don't know how the writers could have thread that needle, really. It's, it's a yeah. difficult one to thread. Yeah. And she, I, but she does just at this point in time become deeply uninteresting mm -hmm. and kind of superfluous. Yeah. Despite, and I think what makes this era for me at least so frustrating is like she becomes uninteresting and kind of like on the outskirts, but then from a story plot standpoint, we're still keeping her so deeply ingrained in the central mystery, right? Like yeah. Charlotte is her sister. Like yeah. it's all about, it's, I'm thinking of like after the, uh, after the dollhouse, they're, you know, yeah. on the lookout for Charles De Laurentiis and, you know, uh, Kenneth gets that card is like, Oh, I'm coming back for my birthday or something like that. And he takes Allie out of town and Allie doesn't tell them. Yeah. And she gets a hold of them maybe like after they left and like tells them like, Oh yeah, like we're out of town because Charles is coming back. And they're like, Oh, you didn't think to tell us. Yeah. The, the ones that who were Charles kidnapped just like in a bunker. And she's like, this isn't about you. He doesn't want you. Yeah. And it's like, it's a little bit about them. Allie. Yeah. Like she's just because really they're related to you doesn't mean yeah. that th these other girls have no reason to be fearful. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is it's like Allie, I think once she finds out that this is sort of, you know, about her, right. Mm -hmm. That it's like her brother, mm -hmm. her like, and that it's all connected to her very much kind of acts as though the other girls are tangential. Yeah. And as though this person has not been stalking them mm -hmm. for months, feels like years, but technically yeah, it's only I was been about months. To say years, but it's, it's not only so been months. months. Um, uh, it's been a few weeks. No, um, <laughs> and then like you know, also got them charged with uh, mm -hmm. you know uh, accomplices to yeah. murder, and then kidnapped them and held them in an underground bunker for where month. she had spent a considerable amount of time recreating their bedrooms in order to mm -hmm. personally torture them. Mm -hmm. But no, it's all about Allie. Exactly. And I just find it so And annoying. of course we know that actually Spencer is her sister. Yes. And Charlotte knows this at this point. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it probably, I think that to some extent, while I think Charlotte definitely has like a fixation on Allie because she was raised viewing Allie as her sister and because she, you know... Was actually friends with her. Well, and also hit her over the head and buried her alive and has, I think a lot of like guilt around that. And mm -hmm. I think the, the whole dollhouse I think is Charlotte working through her feelings about that and the trauma of that. Uh, and the way that it also kind of destroyed her relationship with her mother. Mm -hmm. And that's why she kidnaps people and makes them be Allison in the yellow top. Mm -hmm. She's, she's reliving that night trying to fix it anyways. Mm -hmm. So she definitely is fixated on Allie. But I think there's also, certainly there's a fixation on Spencer, who is her, yeah. her actual sister. Mm -hmm. um, so, and 
who is her actual sister and, uh, and again is the identical twin to the sister that she loves the most, which mm-hmm. is Alex. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, but Allie's got to make it all about herself. Yeah. And I, it's just like, she's, yeah. I, and the this... relationship with Lorenzo is so boring. Allie's most interesting moment though, is when she steals Lorenzo's card. True. In, in this her, era, like, for sure. Card. Yeah. Oh yeah. In this era. Yeah. yeah. Not in the, yeah. But like when she steals his like, uh, you know, security card or whatever mm-hmm. to get into the room. Uh, love that. Yeah. And is that like the end of their relationship then? I don't know. Yeah. That, pretty yeah. much. And then we see Lorenzo briefly in the five years forward mm-hmm. just because, because they don't want to introduce a new cop. Yeah. So they're like, we'll have Lorenzo be the cop that for know, now tells them outside Charlotte's funeral not to leave town. And then we're going to introduce like Marco. Yeah. Well, and then Linda Tanner comes back and then yeah. we introduce, no, no, no Marco, Linda, Fieri- Marco comes back first. Yeah. You're right. And then, um, so I guess he has Lorenzo's to accuse himself after like the, everything. Yeah. Answered. So he doesn't come back though until the end of six. Yeah. When they yeah, kill correct. Rollins. Correct. Anyways. And Tanner, Linda comes back and when Fury, when Marco Fury has to recuse himself when he realizes, yeah. Oh, we missed they, again. We missed the Taylor Swift era. Yeah. So what Taylor Swift era is this? It feels a little bit insulting to any of her albums to, to make I it I want to say, I don't know. I mean, there's, I don't think Allie has I know a what lover it is. era. It's her self-titled era. I was thinking debut as well. It's her debut era. Because I think it's like, because it's a new, it's, it's a new her. It's a new her. It's and... a new her. It's, it's pretty tame, mm-hmm. right? Like obviously like Taylor Swift's debut album is, is there's, yeah. there's an innocence and in she's a child, right? Like it's, yeah. And, and, and I see that, like, I think Allie is attempting to sort of reclaim yeah. her her personality and there's and there's a shakiness like, there yeah. there's a shakiness that you would expect from like a person's debut yeah. album she doesn't and have the Allie kind of trying to figure out who she is now yeah that she is yeah and Allie and the writers right like there is a learning curve yeah. here and from an empire standpoint this is the beginning of the the middle ages this is the <laughs> darkness this is the darkness and the sort of uh all the sort of like fractured world after the Roman empire yes. falls. Yes. I, I do have, I have a quote. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. I have a quote for this era. Um, so I, the one quote that I have from this era that I do actually really like mm-hmm. is when Spencer and Allie are talking, I think about like Spencer's trying to follow something up with the mist, like wants to talk to Jason and Allie's like forbidding her, mm-hmm. you know, even though he's her brother too. Anyways. And Finally, Allie kind of like breaks and like confesses why she she kind of doesn't want to investigate. And she says, I'm under every stone that somebody turns over. I make people into people that they never were. Mm-hmm. And this like self-awareness from Allie mm-hmm. that like she all of this has kind of up until this point, like everything has kind of stemmed back from like Allie's behavior. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, she made Mona who she was and she made Shauna who she was and a lot of it because of the Jenna thing and all of it, like mm-hmm. everything is because of Allie, everything that has happened. And I, I, that's like, and I just love the phrasing there. Like, yeah. I'm under every stone that somebody turns over. It's just very good. Yeah. It's great. It's good writing. Yeah. Props to the writers on that. I don't know who wrote that episode, but yeah, no clue. The next era. Our next era. This is the last one. It's the five years forward. It's kind of like for me, the end of yeah. Allie. Yeah. <laughs> like, Allie's dead for me now. Yeah, it's just, she's just very uninteresting. Yeah. Which is really disappointing. 
And I think that like, this has like a little bit of a part A, part B thing of like the Rollins versus post Rollins. Mm -hmm. Wit, but you know, she doesn't change significantly, honestly, no. after the Rollins thing. Uh, I think it was an opportunity to change her a bit right. and maybe find something for it. But for me, this is also, I would equate this to actually the end of the middle ages and the sort of, this is, this is the Renaissance. Mm. This is the world beginning to get connected again. And it is a new picture and Spencer is at the center of it. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is the, the world reinvented. Mm -hmm. The show is reinvented around Spencer Hastings. Yes. As it should be. As it should be. Yes. And, you know, yeah. Allie is no longer under every stone that gets turned mm -hmm. over. Yeah. And that's what, and that, and again, that is the final, that is the final death, right? Is irrelevance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, Allie's final death is irrelevance. Yeah. Unfortunately. Again, and she's, and she's really, and I think, and I think what I, what I struggle so much with with this like time period and like the five years forward is and I love the five years forward I do too as a whole oh, I do too yeah. but for Allie specifically yeah and her character specifically what I struggle with is she just is there and part of the mystery in a way that is I mean we've said this is just so uninteresting it doesn't even really feel relevant her her role in the mystery feels mm -hmm. irrelevant to the mystery even even the rollins thing yeah was ultimately just about getting charlotte's money yeah and was not real i mean like i think alex drake was working with him a bit but like mm -hmm. that was not the central right issue and she also i don't know there's just something about the way in which she is Say. Yeah. but it, it's just I I really struggle with it and I, I think maybe this is now the time where we like mention like I think that there's obviously a big layer of kind of fat phobia that yeah yeah kind of covers this entire like and honestly like I think is at yeah. is truly part of her downfall is mm -hmm. like kind of this outside force of you know she had gained some weight, the actress had gained some weight, mm -hmm. and was no longer able, like the writers or whoever, I, the powers that be, potentially were, no, were longer, no longer seeing her as a leading woman, as somebody who could be interesting and dynamic and, you know, sexy and, and a leader. Yeah, and like, exactly. That she, people want to be. Yeah. She lost an edge in like, yeah. again, like subconsciously probably. Yeah. And, and to also to be like, Sasha Pietirse was becoming an adult woman. Yes. Uh, who was like, just like average size. Like she yes. wasn't, uh, like I would actually say, I feel like I am very similar body wise mm -hmm. a little bit mm -hmm. to what she was in during that like yeah. time. And like very average. Yes, exactly. And like, yeah, like, and I but think they just didn't know yeah. how to, and this is a problem with society, obviously, right? Like they can't, they can't figure out how to, you know, view a person who is not. If you don't have like the perfect idealized like body. Right. If you don't fit you, the perfect beauty standard, they aren't able to like project onto you anything, yeah. right? Like there is. You, you're not, you can't be like a full dynamic 
person mm-hmm. or character. Yeah. Uh, if you are, if you don't fit a particular image. And right. I also like there, you know, there's also like a huge shift in the way that they start dressing her, mm-hmm. which becomes very school teachery. And then yes. I, it's almost then they make her they a make school, her teacher. school teacher. And then they make her a mom. Yeah. And it's just like, and they put her in giant pug sweatshirts and they put blankets yeah, over they her. Really... And I do, I will say like, so I don't want to, we're conjecturing here about like yes. what was happening behind the scenes, what was conscious, what was subconscious, who initiated different, like, so there is, there's always the possibility that Sasha was, you know, a young woman whose body was t- changing significantly over a short period of time, who was feeling self-conscious and may have like w- felt more comfortable being mm-hmm. more covered up and wearing certain things. I, that's certainly possible. It's also possible that that was put on to her yeah. by people who felt like that's how they needed to dress her body type. Yeah. Um, she does. I, I would definitely recommend, uh, she talks cause she has PCOS and that's kind of what like initiated this sort of like weight gain and body change and everything. And I even, I almost like hate talking so much about her I know, body, I hate it. but I do feel like it really impacted the story. I also have PCOS. Um, and she talks about having PCOS and this like being young and on TV while her body is going through this mm-hmm. change. And she talks about this on the squeeze, which is the Taylor Lautner's podcast. Uh, the Taylor's Lautner's, uh, and, or the Taylor's Lautner. I don't, yeah. I don't, yeah. Is that what we're calling yeah, the Taylor, the Taylor's Lautner. Yeah. Uh, and so I would definitely recommend like listening to that, hearing this, like from her perspective, she doesn't yeah. talk, she talks a bit about being on Pretty Little Eyes. She doesn't talk about the costuming or anything specifically, but you know, I would encourage people to get her perspective on this. Cause we're, this is all conjecture about yeah. who did what and what, you know, but I, but I think undeniably, there is this, there, I think that her, her physical appearance changing definitely had some sort of impact. And I can't, we can't say definitively yeah. what, what that impact was. I do think that it had some sort of impact on the, the way that her character was written mm-hmm. and the way that they dressed her and all of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm and not think, blaming specific oh, people no, on the show. No. Um, yeah. And yeah. So we just wanted to give, kind of give that disclaimer that yeah. I think like, there is a big element of kind of her down, Alison D. Lawrence's downfall that has very little do, to do with the character her itself. Yeah. <laughs> and more to do, I think, with this these like outside forces that, mm-hmm. um, again, we're just conjecturing around. Yeah. But I think yeah. it's pretty safe to say played some sort of role. Yeah. Whether, and again. And of course, won't. narratively, I think also the writers, regardless of that, narratively, I think the writers you know, a lot of decisions had to be made about like, how do we reincorporate this character Mm -hmm. in this new way now that she's alive? And I, you know, I think that to some extent there was just, I think maybe a bit of a, uh, you know, we're focused on these four main girls. Mm -hmm. And so, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it, it, that's another element of it too, is like we were saying before, she's back and she's, we're trying to give her a a redemption arc basically. Mm -hmm. And this is not necessarily um, a character that they've been writing in that way this whole time, right? Like, they've been writing these other characters, I think, in a more 
maybe like grounded or real way, right? Because it's a main character, it's the core four. Yeah. But she's like very seven much years a myth at this point. legend. Yeah, like and, an idea. And and Alison de Laurentiis was an idea until, you know, about this time, maybe in the last era, yeah. I would say, like is when she I think really truly kind of Yeah. They start to struggle more to yeah. find her voice. Like what is who is Alison de Laurentiis if not an absolute bitch? Yeah. And who I is think, she? Yeah. And I think and to some extent I, I, I when I say like you know, for all of our writing suggestions, right? Mm-hmm. We're not TV writers. There's yeah. absolutely no way we could have done this better than them. Or oh, of we're not suggesting no. that. But I think that there, there's like, there is this like potential here for like, and may, I, I think part of it is you just don't have time for it. You have this big mystery going on. You mm-hmm. focused on these four main girls. It's not the Alice and De Laurentiis show. Mm-hmm. And so, but I do think there could be, there's this interesting element to this that I would love to see played out of like, thinking of, uh, John Green's novel, Paper Towns, Mm. that's sort of all about deconstructing this like manic pixie dream girl trope. And Mm -hmm. the, the quote from that, that I think most people have heard the, um, what a treacherous thing it is to imagine that a person is more than a person. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there is, there, there's something very compelling and interesting about the idea of taking this person who was an idea, Mm -hmm. a myth of sorts and and not a full person. And then reckoning with the fact that they are an actual person. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's something really interesting about that, but I don't know that the show had the time or capacity to really explore that in a full way. Um, But is very interesting. And Mm -hmm. I would almost like love to see that version of the show. Well, yeah. And I think, and I think also part of the problem is, is this is, I think when, again, we're not TV writers, we don't know anything about what it's like to run a show or work on a show, anything. We just watch TV. Yeah. Um, but I think this is when around this time is where we kind of fell into, I think this, um, trouble where we are, the, the writers and the creators were trying to balance the ships right? Mm -hmm. They were trying to balance, you know, telling an interesting, well-developed story, writing interesting, well-developed characters with this like fandom pressure for Allison and Emily to end up together, for Arya and Ezra to end up together, for Hannah and Caleb, like for all of these like ships, right? To end up together. Mm -hmm. And I think that in a lot of ways, and again, the Pretty Pretty Little Liars writers are like, iconic. I love them. I think they're all so talented. But I think in a lot of ways that pressure from the fandom for like these ships to like be end game kind of pigeonholed them from a storytelling perspective. We had to redeem Ezra. We had to redeem Ezra who was a literal grown adult man dating his English student um, and then was writing a book about it. And we redeemed him to the mm-hmm. point where he's marrying her. Where that's like the culmination and of the we're, show. And we're, and we're all, it's being written in a way that's like, isn't this great? Yeah. And then we're trying to redeem Allie, who is absolutely a monster to these girls yeah. when they're younger. And like, yes, of course, children, right? Mm-hmm. So like. You, she was a child, but, so she certainly gets more of a pass yes, than Ezra. <laughs> yes. But, but we're trying to redeem her so that she can end up with Emily and like all of these things. And we're trying to keep Toby interesting, which is the hardest thing they've ever done. Yeah. Um, that took up most of the energy of the writer's <laughs> that, room. That's fair. Um, so that he can be worthy of Spencer. And we're trying, you know, and I think, I think that because of the like pressure that came probably from like the studio mm-hmm. and from the fandom for these like relationships to end, be end game, yeah. it made for a less interesting less interesting 
character arcs for a lot of characters. Yes. Like, there is a better, there's a better, more grounded, more realistic version of the show, of the five years forward, where Arya is grappling with the fact that she was groomed as a child and, like, abused by her English teacher. Yeah. And But also in a way that I do think is more complicated and nuanced than your normal... For sure. Cut and dry situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And, you know, Emily's dealing with the fact that her, like, her first love and, like, was actually just, like, truly awful to her. And Allison's trying to figure out how, like, and even if we did want to, like, say that Allison, you know. Give her a real, like, redemption arc. If you did want to give Allison a redemption arc, I think that the, like, the more grounded, the more realistic way, the more interesting way to tell that Mm -hmm. may be to... We can redeem her without redeeming her from the people that she inflicted harm on. Mm -hmm. And that is what I feel like because of these, again, because of the fandom pressure for these romantic relationships to be together, it made, it forced the writers to tell a less interesting story. Yeah. It's still incredible. Oh, yeah. Uh, And I think that with any TV show, but especially a very popular one, you're, there the show creator and the writer's hands are tied in a lot of different ways because they have studio execs that they have to capitulate to on certain things. They have certain things that they're allowed to show and not allowed to show. They have a fan base that's demanding certain things. They have budgets that they, you know, a budget Mm -hmm. that they have to consider. They have actor availability that has to be factored into telling the story, which is why I always hate when people are like, Oh, the writer should have done this. They should have done that because Mm -hmm. You ha- we have no idea the, the various pressures and variables and different things that they were and having to that's balance. that's why we need to pay writers more. Yes. <laughs> and it's, and, and so like their hands are tied. They can't, it's, they can't necessarily just tell the best possible story. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, there's other things involved There's because yeah. it is a business. Yeah. And, um, yeah, totally. And I think, yeah. And so, yeah, pay writers more, uh, support the WGA. And SAG. <laughs> and SAG. Um, uh, but yeah, we're talking about the writers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So I think that like, that is honestly such a big part of, I think what kind of made Allie kind of lose her edge and her spark Yeah, is this pressure mm-hmm. to make her, to redeem her mm-hmm. and yeah, it, it, redeem her in the eyes of everyone. So now that we have, again, we absolve the writers of anything that they had to do. But now that yes. we've, now that yeah. we've, and they did a great they job. They did a great honestly. job. Honestly, I think the five years forward is actually so fun. I love the yeah. way this show ends. Alex Drake, I love that. Yeah. But anyways, so this is kind of, now we want to put on our writer's hats again. Yes. Which we don't have we and don't they are have. imaginary. <laughs> These are our imaginary hats. Imaginary that writers we're going to put hats. on of like, some interesting ways that we feel like the character and this is again not even balancing all of these other like interesting ways that we think the character of allison could have been done right not taking into consideration kind of all Mm -hmm. of the other things that had to be considered and you know i think and we've talked about a couple of things already so i see for me there are two major forks in the road Mm -hmm. so I think the the first fork in the road when Allie returns and there's this decision, right. Of like, do we make her the bad guy or not? And so like, mm-hmm. I would have loved to see them make her the bad guy, make her the bad guy. Yeah. And like make her sort of this like sociopath, mm-hmm. um, you know, 
I, I, that would have been very interesting. I think also, I think we had a choice there to make her not the bad guy, but maybe, I don't know. I, Allie has a certain set of skills, mm-hmm. right? And I think it would have been interesting to see her use her skills yeah, for the group or mm-hmm. even because that's, so the issue is I don't think that you can make Allison fully a part of the group is the problem. And so it would have been almost interesting to see her as maybe not a fully adversarial mm-hmm. uh, character, but as another sort of party yeah. in the story that has their own motivations and their own reasons for doing things that are maybe sometimes in line with the liars yeah. at other times contra- like contradict what the liars right. goals are. And so like sometimes they might be at, at odds with each other. And I think we have a perfect example of that. Hmm. Mona. Yes. I think Mona is a perfect example of, yeah. obviously you couldn't do it the exact same way. They're different characters. Yes. You don't want to have two different history with right. the, the girls. But I think that. Mona is an excellent example of how, you know, obviously she is the main adversary in the first couple of seasons. And then there is kind of this dynamic where she is at times working with the girls, but then also very clearly having her own story going. She's doing her own thing. And there thing. are times where she's not working to their benefit. Yes. And then there's times where she is, but they think she isn't. And I think had we been able to hit some balance of that mm-hmm. with Allison, it would have made her more interesting yeah. once she comes back. Because, yeah, because I, what I think she lacks in her, like, in these last two eras, mm-hmm. what she lacks is, like, a clear motivation Yeah, in a lot of her actions. I mean, there, there are motivations there, but it's, like, the what she's doing is so, I feel like, vague mm-hmm. and just kind of, she's doing things, mm-hmm. and it's not really clear where she's going. It feels very unfocused. I think, yeah, there's like, again, like the first part when she comes back and we think that she's A, she has some clear motivations Mm -hmm. that she's acting on. She's keeping this secret that she Mm -hmm. wasn't kidnapped and like all these things. And, and she has sometimes her, her goals are, you know, not to the benefit of the Mm -hmm. other liars and all this stuff. And, but then I think once she comes back from prison, it's really unclear what her motivations are, what her goals are, what, like, she doesn't have, I feel like, secrets that she's mm-hmm. keeping other than kind of, you know, the shared secrets with the liars, but mm-hmm. like the, you know. And she's, but again, she's really not fully tr- part of the liar right. groups. So that doesn't work. And she's not even really trying that hard. No, she's to not be part of them, right? Like, much. she's not really like, I don't, I, it could have been interesting to see her, you know, try and, get herself like we were you were saying earlier like it could have been interesting to play out more of this like Allie's on the outskirts of the group and she's mm-hmm. trying to get back in yeah and I think there's elements of, there's moments of that splashes mm-hmm. of that right yeah but I don't think it's like enough to mm-hmm. make that kind of like a clear motivation yeah. or a clear like character detail yeah. that is happening and I think that this is maybe where we could strike this balance of the sort of Mona type situation where she wants to be part of the liar group Right. And so maybe she's doing things to gain back, to gain mm-hmm. their trust, to, to get in with the group, but then sort of a, you know, one step forward, two steps back, mm-hmm. she does something selfish to protect herself over right. them. Right. And, and sort of ruins that ability to fully integrate into the mm-hmm. group uh, and sort of struggling with like, what is her sort of base selfish mm-hmm. nature? I think. Yeah. 
And I think though, like the challenge, and I know we've talked about this and again, all credit to the writers for like doing an incredible job mm -hmm. is at this point, like the cast of this show mm -hmm. is so large. There's just simply not enough time to like really tell that story. And that's right. kind of why I feel like the other option is the, is like a path of least resistance. Yeah. And I, and that is just making her evil, yeah. right? Like making her yeah. big A. And but whether you, I don't, you could yeah. do that in that you could do, and, and this is actually to like go to the five years forward. So like, obviously you could have done that in like the like season six A mm -hmm. time period. But I think the more interesting thing that would have been a path that would have been clearer maybe is making her A in the five years forward. Yeah. Like making her like, again, she has a clear motivation there. We mm -hmm. get the sense that like, it's not like she has stayed super in touch with the other four. So we get the sense that there's distance there and Charlotte's dead. And yeah, her closest relationship has been with Charlotte yes, for the last exactly. like, five years. And I think like there is, that could have been really interesting to see her kind of, again, now as an adult, I mean, 23 year olds, mm -hmm. barely an adult, but, yeah. um, like now as an adult kind of reclaiming her menace title. Yeah. Oh, and I think also something that could have been, because I, I would never want to get rid of Alex Drake, right? No. So what could have been interesting is rather than having them be on an A-team together, mm -hmm. is if we could have had essentially warring A-teams. Mm, that'd be fun. Yeah. So like, and basically these two cousins that mm -hmm. are uh, both, and, and, and to some extent, like Alex Drake wants to keep the group together because she wants to replace Spencer mm -hmm. in the group versus maybe Allison who wants to tear them apart. Mm hmm and so, like, I, you could see, like, yeah. two A's, both terrorizing them, but with different motivations. Mm -hmm. And I think that could have also been, like, a new play on the, the concept of A. Yeah. Of course, then we get into the same problem that we had in the five years forward, which is, what do we call A? Yeah. And it's not emoji. A, it's not a, emoji. Emoji? Emoji. Emoji? I don't remember what they, they said something with emojis. It's Evil. either, it's either emoji or emoji. Yeah. Emoji, I think. I think it's emoji. Uh, and then AD, which I think is pretty good. AD is good. A AD is fine. I also like the like kind of um, I also like, biblical yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> idea of AD. Like, yeah, after death. After death, after the death yeah. of Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Charlotte, Charlotte being Christ. Okay. Um, but that's or also, Charlotte, or maybe it's just like yeah, A. Yeah. The death of A yeah. in like Game Over Charles. Yeah. And then Yeah. So I think that could have been really interesting. It could, it could have been fun. The other the other sort of fork in the road that I see is after is after the Rollins thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was an opportunity to make Allie maybe interesting again. Kind of yeah. And then Maybe we ruined it having with the worst her, plot line ever. Yeah. Having, but having Allie who she used to be, Allie used to be the master manipulator. She used to be, you know, controlling everything. Mm -hmm. And she kind of lets that all go. She lets herself trust a man. And then first mistake. Yeah. And then that man betrays her in like the worst way possible. Mm -hmm. And I think that could have been a turning point for her to either kind of revert to her old self or become a new version of her old self mm -hmm. in which she begins to take a more active role in mm -hmm. everything. Yeah. And 
you know, like, especially because again, it's like Allie's, Allie was married to him. And so they're now covering up this murder, but Allie takes the very backseat passive role to the cover up of the murder of her mm-hmm. husband. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I would have loved to have seen that maybe be something that wakes her from her stupor in a way. Yeah. I think yeah. that that could have been interesting. Yeah. Um, um, we also, we never talked about what era the- I know. <laughs> we keep on forgetting. I, it's getting less clear for me. Yeah. Um, I don't got yeah. it. I mean, I, I guess we, we could say it's her Evermore era in the Ooh, sense that people it. always joke that Taylor <laughs> yeah, Swift exactly. forgets Evermore. Exactly. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, but Let's yeah. go with that. Yeah. I mean, if we, we should probably talk a little bit, I guess, about, we should have done this before, but what the shift that does happen, which there is like a distinct moment when- I can't, if it's, I don't know if it's just Hannah, if it's all the liars when they come to, I think it's, you know, all the liars that come to see her when they, they've realized that she's not a, and she kind of gives an explanation for her past behavior Mm -hmm. and the sort of realization she's had about it, which is she felt like she was doing them a favor by controlling their behavior. She says, you know, she didn't realize until, until she was in prison and she had all of her agency taken from her, what that was like. Mm Mm-hmm. And she kind of, her, for her, being in prison is helps her to empathize with the situation that she had put those girls in. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I think that yeah, that, that's interesting. that really is interesting and it tracks. And then, like, I think that that works as, like, a redemption. It, it, yeah. it's, I think that her redemption is actually well-founded. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel... Un, it doesn't feel unrealistic. It doesn't feel like, you know, oh, yeah. we flipped a switch and suddenly... Yeah. But I just... I wish we'd made her more interesting in yeah. in the wake of that redemption. Yeah. We obviously we talked about this is kind of the we do think her character kind of ends in a blah way, but yeah. she just started so iconic, so, iconic. so strong and like interesting and layered and like menacing that it's like it's it's a bummer that mm-hmm. she kind of just becomes boring and uninteresting. Yeah. But Maybe that's what happens to crazy, evil teenage girls. They just become boring. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you maintain, can't maintain that, that. level forever. <laughs> <laughs> but that is, that is the rise and fall of Alison De Laurentiis. Yeah. And we love her. We love to hate her. And please let us know if we uh, forgot any, like, iconic Honestly, lines. Honestly, yes. I would love to be reminded of... Allie's please, best moments. Please so. send us your favorite Allie, like, sick burns. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we're gonna do our little character roulette. Yes. Um, even though I do have an inkling that this episode is incredibly long. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're gonna do character roulette anyways. And this is where we just randomly select a minor character and just riff on them for like a few minutes or yeah just just a way to make sure that we are able to give our thoughts on all of the characters since we're not since we're not doing an episode by episode like rewatch like most i think podcasts are for pretty little liars just sometimes we've got thoughts that we want to share that we just don't the opportunity (laughs) doesn't present itself in this format yes so here we go principal turner oh okay yes and it's saying yeah, and we did, sl- we did Principal yes, we Turner wanted- slash Vice Principal Hackett. Yes. And we do have actually thoughts on these. I do have thoughts on this. We see Principal Turner, like, once during mm-hmm. Truth Up Day. Mm-hmm. 
And Emily has... And maybe we get a mention or... Yeah, or we get some two. mentions probably. Yeah. But we only see him, I think, on Truth Up Day. And after the catastrophe that is Truth Up Day, we never see this man again. Mm-mm. And I firmly believe that this is because Principal Turner... Has washed his hands of these girls. He... Yes. He has gone to Vice Principal Hackett and said, your only job now is to deal with these girls mm-hmm. and their related people. Yes. And I I'm going to run, run the, the rest school. of the school. Yep. I don't want to hear about these girls because no matter how big the issue, they're always dealing with the vice principal yeah. from then on. For some reason, the vi- vice principal Hackett is asking Arya about his relation or her relationship with Ezra. Yeah. Vice principal Hackett is dealing with the issue with the car when they, yeah. Mike is accused of, of beating up that car. Yeah. Like, or, you know, Emily on this, Emily's, swim team stuff like originally that was principal turner mm-hmm. was talking to her about and then after truth up day no not never again the truth that came out in truth up day is that principal turner wants nothing to do with these girls yeah and if you do like remember truth up day is when mona hacks into For principal sure. turner's computer and emily like uses that to black well, no like mona black well mona yeah him but but Mona blackmails him for Emily for Emily and that is Principal Turner yeah he's Mona done. is Mona is also under the watchful eye of VP Hackett yeah he, like Turner wants nothing to do with Mona yeah uh, but yeah Principal Turner hates these girls understandable yeah and Vice Principal Hackett is you know shit rolls down doing his job <laughs> <laughs> yeah and what do we think like do we see hack it in the five years forward when no. they're like teaching me like Allie is now oh, working geez. at the school and like he and and mm-hmm. emily is the like yeah athletic coach swim thing emily i think emily does talk to him yeah, yeah. that must have been tough for him he's gotta be like, like are you fucking kidding <laughs> he's like you guys graduated and I was able to like do other I things. I thought that when these girls graduated, I would be free. And then, but then they all immediately back. came back and started working at this fucking school. Yeah, it's really tough for him. But for some reason, he can't say no. No, no. Well, because he saw what happened when Principal Turner told one of them no. That's <laughs> true. That lesson has got stuck skeletons. With yeah. He's got skeletons that he cannot afford to come out. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that's another episode done in the books. Yeah. Um,. Anyways, do all the things that you are supposed to do with podcasts, like review, review, mail and us like if you've things. got something to say. I guess, yeah, like give um, us stars. We have a TikTok. We do have a TikTok. Yeah, that we are posting little clips, and I don't know. We need to start making more things on the TikTok. Yeah, um, it's so much work. It's guys. If anybody's still listening, this is I've guys. Never podcasts been a- are way too much work. Too many people have them. It's insane. There's, it's wild. how many people have podcasts given how much work. Goes and into maybe, it, and we are not doing a good job. Oh, no. I can't imagine these podcasts that are doing actual good work. Good for everybody else, though, who's doing a much better job. Yeah, I'm impressed for you guys. <laughs> can't be us. Anyways, <laughs> five stars, please. Yeah, please give us five stars for this subpar <laughs> attempt at a podcast. <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, cheerio, sister. Cheerio, sister. I go out walking. <laughs>